0: tell you, you know what, the scripture we're going to go through tonight is originally what I intended, so I didn't intend this to be a long series. (laughs) But, this is, you know, because I read these scriptures months back and it dawned on me, I said, man, I've never seen this before, in this way, right? So, um, and, you know, I kept talking about and mentioning certain things that should be, you know, taught in the church and things, you know, I started looking up things, you know, actually today, as a matter of fact, uh, for what will make Sound Church, and really, you know, this is going to deal with sound doctrine again. But I guess the title will be qualities of a sound church, right? You know, it doesn't matter. We get caught up in denominations a lot of times, and you know, we we automatically assume when we hear somebody that say they're a part of a certain denomination, we think certain things, right? You know, it doesn't matter whether or not they're uh, uh, Pentecostal, Baptist, even Catholic, right? As long as they love Jesus. That's ultimately what matters, right? So sometimes we put uh, stigmas on people based on where they come from, right? And I and I tell you, you know, over the years, not many, but I have met some Catholics, a couple Catholics that were on fire for the Lord, Holy Ghost filled, and you know, you wouldn't even identify them as Catholics, right? But they love the Lord, and that's what they that that's what they go by. So, but regardless of what denomination, there are certain things the Scriptures tell us on what should be. A sound church. Yeah. Certain things that we should have in there. And 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 I and like I said, you know, I, I read this book, we're gonna come from Titus. Um, I, I read this book a number of times and I just didn't see it this way. And I was like, man. So truly to have a healthy church, these things have to be in there, and what we're gonna go through today. Um, and ultimately, you know, and some of us know this, but it's not really the job of the pastor to teach everything within the church, right? Because going back to Ephesians 4, and I said this a, a few weeks back, that everybody, if you're a Christian, everybody is called into the ministry, okay. right? So it doesn't mean you call in the ministry behind the pulpit. doesn't necessarily mean you call in the ministry for praise and worship. doesn't even mean that necessarily you call to go do outreach and things like that, but we're all called to a form of ministry, and this is a form of ministry we can all participate in. Right? So, we're going to talk, we're going from uh, Titus chapter 2. You know, sometimes we don't, if we don't know something, then we can't be responsible for it. Right? So, I coach baseball for number of years from five, kids from five-year-olds to 21, 22-year-olds. Right? And I, I had to learn that no matter what age or how long somebody played baseball, I had to teach them certain things because I can't take it for granted that they would know certain things on the field or how they would be in a certain situation. So if I didn't teach it and coach them up for whatever that situation it may be and they don't do it, that's not on them, it falls on me, right? So one example I'm gonna give, and I, and I told my daughters about this that I was gonna talk about it. So <laughs> I'm not gonna say which one. So, but you know, they started running the track when it was in fifth grade, right? And they started running, you know, competitively. So before they got to their first track meet, uh, indoor track, uh, they uh, they were pra- obviously practicing and running. And then coach came to me and said, you know what, so-and-so is going to be very good. She's going to be one of the better ones in the county. And I'm like, okay. I just thought it was coach Speak to get more money out of me. Right? <laughs> and, 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 you know, but I started watching. I said, well, man, you know, she's pretty good, right? So, lo and behold, we get to the meet. And obviously we're not, it's indoor, so we're not practicing on the indoor track, but we're practicing on the outdoor track. So obviously on the outdoor track, it's a 400 meters, right? So we get to the indoor, so our very first race on the indoor is the 400 meters. So it's obviously different on the indoor than it is outdoor. See, on the outdoor, it's just one lap. Indoors is two laps, right? So when you come around for that second lap, she didn't know as the start of the race, she, she's probably in second, close to first. All of a sudden, she comes around to the second lap, and then she sees a man standing there waving them all on the inside, and it stalls her. So she goes from second to pretty much last, right? So she comes towards the end of the race. She finishes towards uh, the end, and she's upset. But the coach comes back at practice, the the very next practice, and says, hey, that was on me. I did not tell her she had to cut on the inside because she stayed in her lane the first time. So... When the coach, when the person's standing there, it's the it stalls her, so now it slows her down. Right? So, because she didn't know. Right? So, same thing with the church. Sometimes, we can have people in church, even elderly people, have a role to play. Right? So, and I think back, thinking about your mom, right, even when she was here. You know, we, we should all have mentors. Right? We should all have mentors. Right? And, and sometimes, it, it should, a lot of times, it should be somebody outside of the family, too. Right? It should be somebody that is going to tell us what's real <laughs> and, and, and keep it real with us, right? Um, and that is important for a church to be healthy, right? And that's why I said it's not incumbent on a pastor or even a church leaders, all the ministers, to be the ones to teach everything because even if we have a young lady coming here, it's not on me to address her with certain things, right? Because... Y'all know what it is to be a lady. I'm not trying to call you old lady or anything like that. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> you know y'all know, you know how to dress, right? Sometimes some people don't know how to dress, yeah. right? They weren't taught that. So I think back to me and Marsha, we come into the marriage, we didn't come from good examples, right? I came from a, grew up in New York City, single parent home. So my dad wasn't around. I didn't communicate with my dad a lot. So guess who taught me? The word. Right? The people of my friends on the street, they taught me certain things, right? So now my wife, she she came from uh, both parents in the home, but everything wasn't always biblical. Right? So now when we come when we get married, now all of a sudden, where where do we get our understanding of marriage from? She got it from Disney, more than like, <laughs> TV shows, right? And and really, that's where I would get it from, too. Right? (laughs) I would get it from there, too. But that's not... (laughs) That's not healthy. Right? That's not healthy. Right? And, 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 and you know, one of the things we do as disservices in churches is, you think about churches, all the churches we've been in, we've all been in churches, where usually when you have groups separate, it's usually people around the same ages. Mm. Right? And... Either the same ages or same likeness, you know, same interests, I should say, right? So even if it's singles, right, it'll be a whole bunch of people. So if I was single, I would get with a single ministry and we're all hanging together, right? But how would I learn how to be a husband, Mm -hmm. hanging around the same, Mm -hmm. right? See, and it's incumbent on us sometimes to ask people, you know, to mentor us. Right, and, and, and again, for them to keep it real with us, and, and you know, some things may 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 hurt our feelings, right? But that's okay, right? It, it's tough love, and you know, but you know, as Christians, we, we got to have thick skin, right? <laughs> so, and, and going back to your mom and, and, and even Mother Dolores, you know, they should be pillars in the church, right? Regardless of the age, right? And, and this also, even the elderly, will make them feel appreciated. Why? Because they have wisdom to impart into a younger generation, right? They have wisdom to impart that they things that they've experienced, yeah. right? So even the short time I talked to your mom at the funeral, after the funeral, I said, man, she, yeah, she loves the Lord. I can tell already. She's basically giving me old testimony real quick, right? But think about how many people miss out on that at, at, at a church, mm-hmm. right? Because they don't come and they don't ask. They just take it for granted. Right or any any elderly person, right? I mean, I've been in churches where you got sixty some year old men that are not sound in the faith, right? Mm-hmm. They've been, you know, they've been they've been been in churches walking with the Lord, but they still act childish, right? They still act childish, right? So is it necessary? His fault? Yeah, could be, right? But are they teaching these things in church, right? Is somebody else coming there to walk him along in that? And, and we're going to see here. So we're going to start at uh, Titus chapter 2. But first, I'm going to preview this. In um, We're going to begin at verse 1. But at the end of chapter 1, remember what I said. Always in these letters, there's always one letter. Man added the chapters and the verses, which was good. right? So at the end of chapter 1, Paul's telling Titus this. He's saying, at, at verse 10, he said, Don't be an idle talk. Right, because there were people there in Crete that were being idle talkers. So he's saying, Don't be an idle talker. Why? He said, basically, because an idol talker is this someone that talks, teaches senseless things. Right? He's saying, Don't be one of those people. And then at the very last verse of chapter one, he says this. He says, There are people there that profess to know God, but their works deny. Him. Right? So now we jump into verse one. He says, But as for you. Now remember who Titus was, he was supposed to establish the elders in Crete, right? So he's holding uh, Titus responsible. He says, "For well, as for you, basically, don't be like that, right? So now, if Titus is supposed to be teaching the elders, guess what? These are the same things Titus is supposed to teach them, right? And it's the same thing as Titus is teaching the elders, the elders are supposed to teach the church as well. He says, "For well, as for you... Speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. Remember, sound doctrine is just true and healthy teaching, right? So what is sound doctrine? He's saying here, this is sound doctrine. That the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, and patience. So we'll stop right there. That older men be sober. So we're going to see this word sober here two more times. But this word sober here is a different Greek word from the other two, right? So this sober here is actually meaning someone who's not taken in, who's intoxicated. Right, and it also means someone who's not intoxicated, who is not given into an excess of alcoholism. Right, so we know, and it really, he's talking to old man, but this can all, this can apply to all of us. Right, so we know as Christians we should not be drunk. Right, because when we get drunk, it takes us out of our faculty and our senses, and then we lose control. If we lose control, that's not God. Right, that leaves room for the enemy to come in. Right? So I don't know if y'all have ever seen videos of people who have been strung out on drugs. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you know, they, they, they don't have a sense of where they're at. They're all over the place. Right, That's not of God. Mm-hmm. That, that's the mind. Yeah. Right, That's the mind. So he's telling them that the older man be sober, reverent. So what does reverent mean? Reverent means honorable, distinguished. Right? So there should be something different about the older man. And when, I, when they talk about older men here, we're, we're talking about probably 50 and up. Right? And, and he's saying, look, there should be the older man should be distinguished, honorable. There should be something different about that older man. Right? So now when he comes around, he's not walking around with his pants sagging. He's not walking around with a hat on turned backwards, trying to fit in and say, look, I'm trying to engage culture. No. See, and that that has been said a lot in churches. We're trying to engage culture. First of all, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Why are we coming That's down right. trying to engage culture? Okay. If Jesus was here today, he would still be the same and doing the same thing, speaking the same things yes. that he was back then. Amen. In the early church. So now, why are we trying to change things up? Right. So part of that distinguishes also, again, how do we carry ourselves, how how, how do we dress. It? Mm. Right. It should be something different. Right? And, it, and I think I might have said this a long time ago, but when the pastors used to come on scene, people knew that they more like they were probably pastors because something was different about them. Right? Because they carried themselves a different way. Right? So, what else about the older men? Right? They should be temperate. Temperate meaning self-control. Again, that's a fruit of the Spirit. Right? They should not be out of whack and all of a sudden catching temper tantrums. Right? <laughs> because they're all grown men that catch temper tantrums. Right? Because... We don't, we don't learn and we don't teach these things. What else? They should be sound in faith, and love, and in patience. So, patience meaning endurance. They should not be able, they should not fold at any opposition. That comes along. Why? Because they don't walk the walk. They don't stood the, they've been through trials. So, now they can impart and pass these things on to others. Right? So, just like your mom. She's been through trials and situations, so now she can impart that into a younger generation. Darling, this is what you do, right? And and this is how we grow. This is how we mature, right? Because we don't know everything, right? So we know as teenagers, we saw the world in one way, right? We saw the world in one way, right? And then when we became 25, we saw it a different way, right? But we don't see it as 50, 60, 70, 80-year-olds. Because right? now they've experienced more, they've seen things, right? So now we go from thinking back to when we were teenagers, right? We, we thought we were the big fish in a small pond. Now we're out in the world, and now things are not as easy as we thought, right? Because now it's like, okay, so even as teenagers, we're like, okay, we're going to get our first jobs, and we are counting up the checks until we get that first check, then we realize taxes come out, right? And then, then we get mad. Because nobody told us that taxes came out, right? (laughs) You know, but these are all things that can be imparted into us. (laughs) All right, so again, these older men should be seasoned, right? And you know what's interesting? And I I just realized this today. These qualifications here are the same qualifications that Paul gave Titus for the elders Mm -hmm. in the church. Right? So it should be the same. So it's the same thing. It's not like, okay, I'm an elder, I'm a pastor. Or I'm not an elder, I'm not a pastor, so I don't have to walk like that. No, you should. It's it's basically the same thing. Alright, so now, verse two. That the old no, I'm no, sorry, verse three. That the older women, likewise, that they be reverent. Okay? Again, reverent, holy, distinguished. Right? Not coming in. Wear tight clothes. Right? <laughs> There should be something different. There should be an elegance, right? So now, and I, and I thought about this, even when you were talking a while back, I think it was on a Wednesday after service, you were talking about how your mom used to have y'all walk with the books and school. Those are things that need to be taught, right? Those are the things. See, I can't teach that, <laughs> right? I can't teach that, right? But those are the things that the older women have to teach. Why? Because you know what to do. You know how to sit as a lady. Not saved, but especially when they've been in the church, because it's been okay for them to do that, right? And, and it's not that we criticize them. It's like I said before, you know, we pull them aside, hey, you know, and we, you know, we do it in love and humility to them, right? So, okay, so again, uh, would they be reverent in behavior, not slanderous. So there should be that word slanderous actually means diabolus, that is the devil, accuser of the brethren. So. As women, women should not be in the church um, slandering people, making false allegations, false accusations against people, right? I've been in churches where I've seen some women. If They're going to do that in order to get to what they want, right? Or get the position that they're looking for. They're going to do that, and, and, and then they'll smile on somebody's face, and as soon as that person go away, they start talking about right? them, are That's not Christ's life. Right? That shouldn't be. Alright, so let's move on. Not giving to much wine. Okay, shouldn't be drinking. Now, in this time, the women used to drink a lot. They used to drink a lot. Alright, and get intoxicated. So, teachers of good things. Teachers of good things. So, what are good things? Uh, Philippians 4 and 8. Philippians 4 and 8 says this. Finally, brother, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report—if if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So these are good things that should be taught. Right? So now, uh, I'm going to read verse 9 too. uh, Paul says this, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So in other words, The same thing we're preaching and teaching is the same thing we should be living. We shouldn't be teaching one thing and living another way. Right? So what did Jesus say? He told the disciples back then, I forgot what chapter and verse, but he says, look, do what the Pharisees say, but don't do what they do. Mm -hmm. Right? Because he called them hypocrites. He called them hypocrites. We can't be that way. Because if we're hypocrites, then guess what? They're not going to listen to us. Right? And then sometimes we wonder, even in the churches, like... I mean, and I haven't looked at the six reasons, but I, I knew, I know that there was a point in time where people were getting divorced in the churches faster than the world. Mm-hmm. What example is that setting for the world? You know, because what we're saying is, it's no different. We're, you know, we're, we're no different, but we should be different. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we should be different because mm-hmm. the scriptures clearly tell us what grounds we have to get divorced. Mm-hmm. Right? But now it's like, whatever. I'm going to move on to somebody else, right? And then three marriages later, (laughs) you know, because they think the grass is greener and it becomes accepted now. It becomes accepted. And then, you know, you got leaders in church. I I remember years ago, there was a a well-known pastor who divorced his wife, and then literally, less than two months later, he married somebody else in the church, right? (laughs) And then you got people praying, well, that's not a God. That, that that's not a God. Right? Because what caused you to get divorced? Amen. Yeah. Alright, so going back to Titus. Uh, like Teaches a good things, that they have made admonish or teach rather the young woman to do what? To love their husbands, to love their children. In other words, to, to learn how to take care of the home, to take care of the family. Don't embarrass your husband out in public, right? <laughs> Take care. See about your husband's needs, right? These are things that the younger woman may not know, but these are the things, right? So now, go ahead. Take care. See about your husband. You know, take care of his food. Take, you know, do the little things. Like, <laughs> you need me to say it again. <laughs> the little things, because a lot of times what happens is, you know, they don't know no better, so they'll treat the husband like a friend, right? And, and that shouldn't be, but, you know, respect the husband, honor the husband, and it should be both ways as well. It should be both ways as well. <laughs> Alright. Alright. <laughs> to be discreet, to be uh, chast, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemy. Okay, so, hold on, I want to go over that word. So that word, discreet, this is another word for sound, meaning having control of your thoughts, really. And also, you know, we say a lot of times that women get emotional, but you know what? That word, that Greek word, that also means to be in control of your emotions, right? So now, how do they become in control of the emotions? Because now you have that older woman that's sitting down and, and teaching her. I said, "Look, it's going to work." And I and I thought about this this when y'all. Uh, are right, you and your mom gave a testimony when you're going to the, uh, the toll booth, right? You're going to the toll booth, and then your mom said, it'll work out. It'll, you know, got to provide. Gotta, and you, like, great from around you, like, well, how? How's this going to work, right? And then somebody came and paid for your toll, right? Mm-hmm. But that's, again, learn from someone older, right? So now, when you're in that situation again, now you're calm. And guess what? Now you can teach somebody else that. Yeah. Right, so now you're in control of your emotions, and now you know to trust God mm-hmm. yeah. in that situation. Right, and and, and and that's again teaching, imparting, pouring. Right, these are things that we take for granted a lot of times. Right, and, but you think about it, back in the day, it used to not be because sometimes people would go before the older people and and, and say, "Well, how was it back then?" And, and to learn some things, but we we've gotten away from that because we we discount We like we put them on a the shelf. We don't utilize them anymore and then we just disregard Mm it, And then we allow them to just become regular church goers. But no. Allow them to mentor. Allow them to impart. Because they have wisdom to impart. And these are things that we miss out on. Because it creates a healthy church. It edifies the body. Amen. So So uh That word uh, "chast" is also dealing with reverence, rentable holiness. Again, holiness. See, these are all things. Again, when we don't, if we're in church and we're not hearing about holiness, these are things that should be common to us, right? And truth be told, really, this is like this should be elementary. But I tell you, I I didn't, I didn't see it like this. I just read like I'm just reading a story, Mm -hmm. and and I I didn't put the two and two together. I was like, oh wow, this should be going on in the church. It, which means that this has to be taught. <laughs> so, okay, let's see. Homemakers taking care of the home, obedient to their own husbands. Obedient to their own husbands. Right? Not everybody else's husband. Not everybody else's household, but your own husband. All right? That the Word of God. You see, when we're doing these things, now the Word of God can be glorified. But see, if we as Christians... Are acting like the world, behaving like the world, again getting divorced left and right like the world, then what are they going to say about the word of God? Right? They, 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 they're going to they're going to blaspheme about they're going to blaspheme in the word of God, saying, "Look, these Christians," and they're going to call us hypocrites, which is what they do now, right? They call us hypocrites, and, and that shouldn't be. And it's funny because I was uh um oh, I was going to say because. I was listening this weekend. Somebody said, and I don't know where I heard of that, but um, somebody said many Christians don't want to be pastors, right? And I thought about that. I said, well, you know what? That's probably true. You know, that's his opinion, and I said, well, that's my opinion. And I thought about it, and I said, well, I'm not gonna research or nothing like that. But you know, God's got a funny sense of humor, or always bring me back to something. So I went to a website looking for something else, and I came across, uh, I, I guess, a conversation. And it was in reference to the vaccine. And um, they were commenting on the vaccine being the mark of the beast. And then uh, a lady comes back and says, this is why we need to be in a good church under a good pastor that teaches. All right. And then somebody came back and said, well, what do you mean? So she said, well, the vaccine is not the mark of the beast. <laughs> He said, I'm not condoning the vaccine. I'm not supporting the vaccine. But for all of y'all to be in the uproar about the Mark of the Beast, then that tells me y'all, y'all, y'all need to read your Bible. Right? And she said it probably. Right? So they came back. Some people came back and said, well, I don't need a pastor. Y- yeah, <laughs> the Bible doesn't say that. I don't need a pastor. right?" So she does, all she does is she comes back with three different scriptures, and she leaves it at that. And then they said, well, what is that supposed to mean? She said, well, did you read the scriptures? All right. So I guess one guy decided to read the scriptures and he come back, well, this doesn't say I need to have a pastor. He said, because we're the church and as long as two or three are gathered, then we're good. All right. And and he said, I don't have, what did he say? He said, I don't need a man or somebody to teach me. He said, because I have the Holy Spirit. Right. So. And he gives a scripture, and I can't remember what passages he gave, and um, he's trying to prove that we don't need pastors, right? And then she comes back, and she says, you just proved my point. She said, because Jesus is not even talking about that. He's talking about this and this and this, right? And then he, he breaks down, and he starts talking about, well, you know, I study this type of Bible, and this is the most accurate Bible, and basically not giving any scriptures, just giving his opinion and what he studied, And this is why we have to be careful sometimes when we argue with people about our opinion because, once again, here she was giving scripture and what they were doing. And this is why I always say they're doing no different than Israel. They're arguing against the scripture. Right? Because how can you say there's no such thing as pastors and things like that when scripture clearly talk about it, right? And you're also discounting when he says bishop, elders, shepherds, overseer, presbyter, all that is in there and and you disregard (coughs) that and you're going to sit up here and say well I have the Holy Spirit to teach me well yeah some things we can catch by, some things can be caught by revelation but the scriptures clearly show that some things need to be taught mm-hmm. and if we don't teach we don't know yeah. right? so we have to be careful and, and one of the things I want to start teaching on is uh, faith because especially in this end times we have to, to stand in the faith and we can't be shooken and I, you know in reading that And I'm not going to go too further into this, but reading the comments, it it made me think, and this is just my opinion, that when hard times hit, such as times where Stephen was persecuted, like Jeremiah was thrown in the dungeon, or the three evil boys, those people who don't know Scripture, they're going to be in trouble. Because you know what they're relying on? They're really relying on their own personal opinion. And What's going to happen when trouble hits? Personal opinion ain't going to help. You're going to have to stand on the word and you're going to have to be in faith. That's right. All right. So, all right. So, <clears throat> verse six. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober minded. Right? So, sober minded meaning in control. Right? Again, right, and this is a common theme right here that we should be in control. We shouldn't have running thoughts. And, it, you know, a lot of young men today are actually immature. <laughs> if something don't go their way, they start to catch temper tantrum. You know, you can have a 20-something-year-old, and they will catch temper tantrums, and that shouldn't be. And it definitely shouldn't be with those that are in 30s, 40s, 50s, that, that at some point, you, you got to mature, right? But, again, it's, in, it, it's things that we need to impart in, into the younger people, right? And it goes on. And same thing if somebody's even 30, right? There's something they can impart to the teenagers, mm-hmm. right? Because even 30, 20-year-olds, they made mistakes, and and we want them to learn from our mistakes. We don't want them to repeat their mistakes. Now, they may not fully listen, right? But we still want to be there. And we still, we, we, you know, again, we want to mentor people, right? Okay, so let, let's go on here. In uh, verse 7, in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. So again, living what you teach. That's being a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing integrity, right? So we show integrity in what you're teaching, right? Reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. Now, what would it be like if we all, as Christians, operated like that? When no one had anything evil to say about us? Because, you know, you are going to have people out there that are just going to be malicious in some way, that's going to say some things, right? Yeah. I've had people like that at work, and I've said it before, where sometimes I don't even have to defend myself. Somebody else will speak up. <laughs> Somebody else will speak up for me, Amen. and I just sit back and I'm quiet, I just listen. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, oh, wow, okay. You know, and it's a good thing. It's, it's a good thing that people can speak up on our behalf, that we don't even have to speak up, right? Because I mean, you you think back to Daniel, <laughs> right? They tried to trip him up, but they're like, we can't find no way to trip him out outside. If we get him to go against his God. That's the only way they could try to trip him up, right? So that was actually a good thing, because mm-hmm. that showed us what type of person Daniel was. Amen. All right. Verse 9, exhort bond servants to be obedient to their own masters, to be well pleasing in all things, not answering back, not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. So understand this, that Paul is not condoning slavery here, but slavery in this time is different than what slavery was in, in, in America, right? So it was normal for people to be bond servants then. Because they were considered property back then, right? So now, most scholars today will talk about this as being when you go to your job, right? So we should, like I said this before, as Christians, we should be the best workers at our jobs. We should be the best workers at our jobs, and we shouldn't always look back all the time for, hey, give me a good job. Now, is there anything wrong with that? No, right? But if we're working unto the Lord, God sees. God sees. And... and people will take notice to our work ethic in everything that we do and if we can do things without murmuring and complaining and I know it can be hard sometimes it can be hard sometimes right so and I, I can tell you now you get at work and get around a bunch of police officers all they gonna do is complain <laughs> all they gonna do is complain it it, it just doesn't matter and, and, that, and you know and I, and I think I said this here before but I, I said it to people at work I said you can play put- Police officers a million dollars, they still gonna complain. How come we're not getting paid a million more? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it really doesn't matter. They gonna complain, and, and that's just how police officers are. So, but you know, I have to watch myself not to get caught up in that, right? And and it's funny because now other people, they, if I if they start to see me go down that line, they hold me accountable, right? And and, and that's what I want. Good. That that's that's what I want. And, I'll, you know, I don't take offense to it at all because, you know, none of us are going to be perfect, right? But we're still learning, and we can learn from anybody, yes. right? So, yes. God can speak through a donkey. Right. <laughs> it, it, right. It, 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 it doesn't matter, right? The, it, the, you know, the message is not that he's speaking through the donkey, but it's what the what the donkey was saying. That's right. It yeah. was important, yeah. right? So, I always say we can learn something from anybody, what to do or what not to do you know, and that's what I've learned over the years, but you know, we have to uh, I don't know if I'm going to read the rest of this chapter Uh, but we we have to understand that all these things are good for a good, sound and healthy church, and we can't just leave people and what that does is it brings us all together closer as a family you know, it's not oh, that's my One of the things that I could never stand in church, seeing little kids run around in church. I just never, that was always a pet peeve of mine. Right? So I always make sure my kids didn't do it. Right? So I, I never said nothing to anybody else's kids, but I probably should have. I probably should have. But some people don't know. You know, some people don't know to respect the sanctuary. Some people just think, okay, it's all right. And they'll be up there and, and jumping up around and doing everything, tossing things. And sure, I can't stand. I, that, that eats me <laughs> right that's just one of those things that's a pet peeve of mine I can't stand it but you know I probably should have said something back there right but again like I said some people don't know some people just don't care they get, they'll just let the kids run them off but again now when the older person comes in and, and, and teaches them dog, and it's funny because even with your own kids you can take somebody that's older that kid's gonna listen to that person That kid is going to listen to that person. Right? And I don't know if y'all remember the Wednesday we were here. Yuri was bouncing up and down. And then your mom. (laughs) Yuri, come in. And he sat still the rest of the way. He sat still the rest of the way. Right? Because when you get around older people, you respect them more. (laughs) Right? There should be a form of respect. Now, we do have a younger generation now in society that does not respect older people. Right? But again, we as a church, we can't follow that. We have to do what the scriptures say. We have to do what the scriptures say. We don't conform to the world. And like, like that's what I said. We got to be careful when we talk, engage in culture. We have to be careful with that. No, we don't need to engage Our engaging in culture is getting out there and talking to them. But we don't, like I said, we don't come down to that level. Right. You know, that's we right. don't mimic the world. That's, that's right. Because yeah, right. if we mimic the world, and this is what's happening. We've been mimicking the world because seeker-friendly... Right now, you know, we want people, and we don't want people to feel offended, right? But you know, I want you to feel offended <laughs> mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. at some point, a change has to take place, yes. right? That's right? Conviction is, yeah. and mm-hmm. it, sh- it shouldn't necessarily be me, but it's the Word. The Word yes. of God comes to convict, just yes. like the Holy Spirit convicts, yes. wow. right? Absolutely. And so, as we read. we can deliver the message. Amen. Right? Amen. But in order to get to where God is calling us again, what takes place the rest of the days when we're not in church? Yes. Amen. So, Amen. Alright, so I'll just read the rest of the chapter here. Uh, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Right? So this is how we should live in the present age. Right? So not just back then, but for today as well. And there's nothing for us to be ashamed of. Looking for the blessed hope which is the return of Christ and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works. Verse 15. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. That no one despise. So these are things that should be spoken. These are things that should be talked about, right? And I, and I uh, like I said, I read Titus for years, and I just never seen it this way before. But these are things that, that and, and really, if if anybody comes to me and says, "Hey, I feel I'm called to the ministry," you know, I'm gonna send them right to Timothy. I'm gonna say, "Go pray," <laughs> then go to Timothy and Titus, read it, and then pray again, and then read it again. And then pray. And then see if you feel you still called. Right? Because there is a standard. Mm -hmm. There is a standard. And as we see in this Mm -hmm. chapter, the standard is just not just for the ministry, but it's for the Christian believers as well. Mm -hmm. So even for the (coughs) men and the women, would apply (laughs) to the elders in chapter 1, apply to them here too. So there is a standard that we uphold. Right? And it's not, my opinion, right? It's, it's the Word of God. And the fact that we try to water it down and say, well, no, it's too hard. I can't do that. No, but this is again why I meant to come in. To help you through that, yes. right? To, to, to teach you certain things. So we don't make the past mistakes that they may have made, right? So the next generation don't make the mistakes that I made. To be a mature church, All right? So, I want to read uh, Ephesians 4 real quick, and I'll close with that. And we, we, we've seen this. <laughs> Unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's the standard that we're supposed to be the standard of Christ, right? <laughs> and a lot of times we'll sit back and we'll say, "Man, that's a hard standard to reach, right?" But think about this, right? <laughs> it's what I say all the time, right? We have the Holy Spirit, right? We, we have the Holy Spirit. We have something. That the Old Testament saints didn't have, right? So if they can walk in holiness, we should be able to walk in holiness. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of a, a want to, a desire. And going back to what First John says, are we going to practice righteousness, right? Are we going to practice those things? Now, are there going to be some days you may slip up? Yeah, right. This is what I talking about. All we talk about, as long as you got this flesh, yeah. But we're going to practice righteousness because guess what? We're supposed to be measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And you know what? And and that's what he's waiting on to return for his elect. (laughs) To be walking out and being little Christ. Mm -hmm. Right? Not in just signs and wonders. Right? But in character. In lifestyle. I promise you, that is more important to him than the signs and wonders. And the miracles. We get so focused on, we as in the church today, get focused on miracle, miracle, miracle. Miracle. Like I said before, it doesn't matter if we get a miracle or not. Just like three Hebrew boys said, even if he doesn't, right? Right. even if he sure. doesn't, I'm going to continue to serve him. Yes. Right? But if it yes. becomes our opinion, then guess what? We're not going to serve him. And if we're faced with that furnace, Nebuchadnezzar, okay, I we can <laughs> Right? And then, what do we do? We'll make excuses. I don't know if you ever watch the end time movies. You'll see people, well, you know, I I, I believe the Lord will understand. They'll, they'll say these things like that after they hit the mark of the beast. I believe the Lord will understand. And, oh, really? <laughs> what scripture are you reading? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But this is why we have to have the word. And we have to have the word on the inside. So now, just like he told the disciples, the Holy Spirit is going to give us what to say. In those times of trials and tribulation, you know, and, and we stand upon His word, right? So we know, no matter what, we go, and, and understand it doesn't mean that we we have to speak up and do anything wrong because, you know what? Stephen didn't do anything wrong, right. and he got stoned. That's right. He got stoned for teaching the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Speaking, Speaking the truth. Yeah, yeah, he got stoned. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Daniel. They did him for doing right. For walking right. (laughs) So it's funny in today's culture when you walk right and you walk according to God's standard they want to say what's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Right? So I think it was last week I mentioned that sometimes or maybe the week before that people don't know their sinners because some of the sins that are listening to the Bible is normal for the culture today. Mm -hmm. Right? But how would they know unless we tell them and we hold the standard and we be the standard bearer? Right? So again, this is how a sound church should be, right? Learning, passing it down, and as we see, even in the Old Testament, the elders. Even when I, I read, uh, you know, a few months back with Joshua, right, there was elders that didn't do their job, and then they forgot the things of the Lord. That next generation. But if we're doing these things and we, we're getting with people, we're saying, hey, can you mentor me? Can you spend time with me, right? Now, and, and again, it's not just for a mother and daughter, right? It should be for a church, right? Yeah, as, as children, we got responsibilities for our parents as they get older, yeah, but what would it be like? What would it be like now mm-hmm. if a younger person in church came not spend time with your mom? Mm-hmm. Just think about how much that would make her feel, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I mean, even during this time, yeah, y'all there, because she knows y'all gonna be there, because y'all are children, right? But It'll be different because now it's like, she still knows she's got purpose, right? Same thing I tell your mom. You know, she's not done yet. She's got people to teach, right? So that's how it should be. So none of us should ever feel, no matter what age we are, that we're finished. We're retired, right? Because we don't retire from being Christians, right? Because if we retire from being Christians, then the church is in trouble. And, And, you know, we all have a part to play, no matter how old no matter how young. And like I said, the churches overall, it, it, it's just the mindset. Because we trying to engage culture in a way where we separated people and it was never designed for us to be separated that way. That's right. Right? So even you know, even, you even think with young children's ministry, they want to get to a certain age so they can go to the mm-hmm. next one, you know. But what would it be like if they were in there with the adults? Yes. You know, yes. and they sat down and they listened to them, yeah, their stories. Yes, yes. Right. So I even think back to Vanessa did a project on, uh, was it World War Two? Okay. Yeah. So she had to go find people that were alive back then and That's talk to them and, and learn some things. Right. Mm-hmm. It's same, same, same thing here. Right. Now we we're sharing our mm-hmm. testimonies. This is what God did to me. Mm-hmm. Right. We can share our testimony. We can hear the testimonies, and now we become stronger in our faith. Mm-hmm. Right? And we become closer and tighter in those things. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, let's let's wrap it up. Thank you, you, Jesus. Jesus.